This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to the finale episode of the Top Chef Wrap-Up podcast of season 20, Top Chef World Stars. I could not talk about this episode alone. I mean, I would, but I couldn't. I'm not going to, because Kurt Clark has has joined me. Hey there. And were you also getting the vibe that this is probably not the last World All-Star season? Yeah, like I also got that vibe and then it kind of sent me in a spiral of like are they counting this as like a regular top chef season? Like or are we going to is it going to be like the challenge will where the all-stars is like a completely different format or what else? What else has been doing that lately where they just keep bringing people back? Uh, it was kind of like like drag race has like drag race. Yeah, drag yeah, I think that's a good one where it's just like we just keep on keep on trucking. Is like our this season twenty winner and our first world all star winner. I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. I don't, I'm not mad at it. Although we we get to meet more Cilias, you know. I'd be yeah. thrilled. I'd be yeah. truly thrilled. Um. So yeah, let's not bury the lead. Congrats to Buddha on his second Top Chef win, a back to back Top Chef win. I think this automatically puts him in the pantheon of Top Chef contestants. Yeah, this is he's the uh, the Sandra Diaz twine of Top Chef. Yes, except it's like Sandra never did it back to back. I, I just oh. like I, I do think it's absolutely incredible he was able to do that. Like that he wasn't like creatively drained, and he was able just to like pump. Or do you think he was a little creatively drained? I, no, no, I just don't. Th- I don't think he. I don't think he has that speed to be creatively drained. Sure, 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 sure. Um, how how did you feel about the episode as a whole as as an episode oh i thought it was i thought it was good um you know we we got our standard uh sous chef returnees that was fun we had a like veritable international smorgasbord of guest judges um at the uh at the at the final dinner um yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. How about you? Um, I liked it. I wouldn't say I was like blown away, but I think that's just like finale episodes is that there's just honestly, um, pun absolutely intended, not a lot of meat and potatoes. Mm. It's just like, this is what it is. And there we go. Um, I, was, I was rewatching some of it today because I tried to like just get through like the food service parts for a second pass. Uh, and you know, it, it it was very much just a make a four course meal, mm. um, and and there's not usually that uh, that creative twist that we see on previous challenges. Um, it, but it's pretty. I think it feels like pretty standard for a for a finale. There was there wasn't a lot of uh, of curveballs thrown. It was just cook your heart out. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I like those. Um, I and not that nobody didn't make a dessert but i think it should be required if you're making a four course meal that you have to do dessert like that's just me i want a dessert after every meal including breakfast what if you have pancakes for breakfast do you still want to pay breakfast you still want dessert no i guess not like if i'm having a sweet breakfast i that is the dessert component but i do need a savory element beside it like Mm. If I'm getting like waffles, I have to get an order of bacon to yep. like really balance out out the sweet and savory because I'm nothing if not a true Libra. Do you do you, do you think that the dessert should be a requirement, or do you think that if someone is 
foolish enough to not do it. Sorry, I was moving my microphone and I think I accidentally made too much noise to hear you. No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I was saying, like, do you think that the dessert should be a requirement or do you think that if they just don't do a dessert, you know, let the cards fall where they may because they probably should be doing a dessert? I think it should be a requirement. Like, you okay. have to do it. I, I mean, I, I think... I think you need a meal finisher. I don't like when they finish with the main course. I'm fine if they want to do a cheese plate instead. If they're more comfortable um, choosing the flavors of a cheese plate rather than having to bake something or whatever or dessert or pastry something, I'm fine if they do a cheese plate. I think I like that finishing note of dessert. Something that kind of Put that isn't the peak of the experience. Yeah. It's just a nice exit, a nice little bow on it. It's like, okay, so, oh my God, I'm not a music person, but like the crescendo and then the, the fall. Decrescendo. Or the, sure. Or like in a book, you get like the climax and then you have like the nice ending. Like that's what I want. I think that's the technical term. Oh no. Nice ending. Oh no. I said it. Oh, no. No. I hear what I was saying. I said climax and the nice ending. Oh, my, no. my mind completely didn't go there until you oh, just. Okay. No, I was like. Yeah, kill me. I think there's like the denouement or something like that's the like the the, the period before the end. And um, Are we talking action. about music or books right now? I think I, I, I can. Uh, I, I was talking books, but I think my language is more music just because I was in band. What instrument did you play? I played trombone. What? And I was drum major for my marching band. What? That's so I not only went to band camp, I went to marching band, drum major camp. Wow. Yeah. Double nerd. I deeply love that for you. Yeah. I have no musical talent whatsoever. Like, I could not even play the recorder in sixth grade. Like, it does not make sense to me. Anyway. Yeah, Something I didn't stick with. Enough, enough about us. Yeah. Um, the shopping. They got to go all around Paris to do some shopping. Um, and I liked, I really like seeing all the little shops. I love the light in Gabriel's eyes when he found like, um, like a Mexican grocer and he could yep. speak Spanish to them. I thought that was so sweet. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting foreshadowing and I will admit I did know who won going into my viewing of the episode because again, Tom spoiled me and it's my fault. I should, I need to stay off Twitter after a show ends that like, I don't want to know the ending to because like I opened my Twitter the next day. And the first thing I saw was like Tom replying to a tweet that said like, if Sarah's meal would have been cooked correctly, like would she have won? And Tom is like, oh, definitely. And so I was like, well, I'm assuming Buddha won. Let me go look at him. <laughs> so, like, it, I also kind of spoiled myself. Um, but I did think it was interesting foreshadowing that we see Sarah looking for sweetbreads in the market and she can't find any. So she settles for liver. Whereas Buddha was looking for a live lobster and he he found canned lobster he found frozen lobster and he would not settle until he was able to find a live lobster and like i was just kind of like oh yeah okay like that is some like that's like a little a and, little bloop and wasn't i think even gabri was having some trouble finding some peppers that he was looking yeah. for correctly and and part of it was as i was watching that live i thought is Buddha's weakness that he can't pivot. And it's like, is this going to be his downfall? That he, but then he like finds the lobster, the actual lobster. I'm like, oh, never mind. The like uh, one lobster cowering yeah. in the corner of the tank. <laughs> He's like hiding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the, I get, I mean, you can see that as foreshadowing. Like, if the if if the veal liver had been, what's the veal like? then that would have solved a lot of issues, but, um, but yeah, it was, and there was, there was also, um, 
there was the part where they were planning their menus on the roof of that building and Sarah was sitting down with Amar and he was questioning the wisdom of doing the pea cake. And he's like, you're not in, you're not in the UK right now. It make more sense. And she's still stuck with it. And I was like, that's going to go one of two ways. And it actually went through like the really the good right way. way. Yeah. It went the right way. Um, oh, I'm so glad for that. Also, the knife draws. I just, when I did watch the preview last week for this week, so I did know who the pairs were. I had just assumed that Buddha had gotten the first pick and he picked Ali. Because you would have thought anybody would have picked Ali first. <laughs> yeah. But I think everybody made the right choice for themselves. Like, yeah. I think everybody got their first pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've we've seen previously that in some seasons they'll do two sous chefs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that could have been fun. Wasn't big enough and, this time, I guess. Yeah, just to bring I was say just to bring some like a more familiar faces back. That would have been fun, but um, you know, it's not it's not all about me. It also made me a little sad that we only had like one woman cooking in the finale, like out of all six contestants who like were physically in the kitchen, and. I know the point of equality is like you're not always going to have a woman there, but I would have liked it, you know. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the way they do service now? Because sometimes they flip it back and forth. Sometimes they're served an entire meal of somebody, and then sometimes it's like this where you're getting the three dishes at once. You know, I. I... It's funny, when I when I took the notes on the dishes, I actually chose to organize them by individual versus by course. The fact that it was supposed to be a progressive tasting menu, it actually surprised me. Not not a tasting, but it was back. It was supposed to be a progressive meal. Um, it surprised me a little bit that they didn't do like here's Buddha's meal. Here, like because I, th- I think you'd be able. I was I was because I was a little bit concerned for Buddha that like unless you know his backstory of each of the different places that kind of represent his his mix of cultures that he comes from i was afraid that that wouldn't necessarily come across in a progressive meal mm-hmm. uh, without him being mm-hmm. able to explain it yeah um, I know what you mean. And, so, and so i was, i was i was curious how if that was going to be a talking point at all for the judges but it really, but I feel like by having everybody do their first course and everybody do their second course, that it kind of ended up taking that uh, the progressive meal element out of it because it became probably much harder to gauge the transition from dish to dish to dish. Sure. Yeah, and I absolutely see the benefits of both services, and like it just kind of depends how I'm feeling, which one I prefer. Like I like this method where they're able to like really compare dish to dish to dish like you are like that is what what's happening um i like the other way because i love like a progressive story um and i find it's a lot easier to do the storytelling if you just get the stage yourself yeah but then i wonder like how did like you know and i don't think the judges do this but like i always wonder it's like Oh well, it's a second meal, like because it's more recent, like it's more in your head, like more in your memory about it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe that could be why they they do it the way they do. Like I think back to the uh, like the finales of of Project Runway, where it's like you don't have like you you one dress, from one designer, yeah, and another, for another. Sure. So it's like because it's meant to tell a story. That's from design to design to design. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd like to think that the meals were kind of maybe meant to do that, but you know what? It's, but it's, it, it, it is what it is. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not a, something that I, it's not a, a, a hill I'm dying on. By no, means. but I'm like ready for another season with that, like each person gets the stage for their meal. Yeah. Or, or like, is there something like more uh, bombastic that they can do? Something a little mm-hmm. bit more unexpected for a finale. Yeah. I'm thinking back to the was it the episode was it the season that 
Kristen Kish one where it was kind of like a live oh yeah book off sort of thing yeah um I don't yeah I don't need it to be like that crazy where it feels yeah. like somebody's getting screwed over but I am ready for something to feel a little less cookie cutter about it so you don't want them to make cookies I was gonna say a little less cookie butter about it but I wasn't sure if that joke was gonna land that uh, I that that dish they heard that that veal liver and fig and cookie butter dish intrigues me I kind of want to try it I will let you do that um I feel like I had another question to ask you I can't remember what it is. Let's let's jump right into the menus. Um, so because you laid it out for me real nice, this is how I'm going to read it. Um, so we can kind of discuss the person's story. So first we have Gabri, whose sous chef was Tom. Um, his first course, he made a sweet corn esquites with a grasshopper tostada, corn mushrooms, and lemon hollandaise. The second course was a sweet potato empanada with black bean filling and cream or and cheese foam. Um, his main was chiles and nogada with ground beef sausage, dehydrated fruit filled with poblano pepper and sauce of nuts. And then his dessert was a chocolate tamale with hazelnut filling and hazelnut and goat cheese ice cream. That I, I know, you know what? I really love the idea of his menu. I love how he stuck to his roots. And like, this was the benefit of world all-stars is we got to like we got to see the stuff and for like people like you and i who are just so interested in food just like think food is so cool i love seeing this kind of thing what's your take on so you you see this you see the first course is grasshopper tostada do you you have the option to swap in some do you do you get the grasshopper to stop? Okay, so if I'm in a okay, so if I'm in a restaurant and I see something grasshopper on the menu, I'm probably not gravitating towards it. Okay. I will be honest. But if if, it's, a it fixed would, price, if, if it's a fixed menu where it's like this, I'm sitting down and this is it. I'm I'm not switching it out because like it was the chef's intention to have it like this. And because I, because of what Gabri's story was of his dinner and grasshoppers are like such an integral part of that, like that rootness and like the story of like being a Mexican chef and everything. Like it, it made so much sense to me in the story. And I also, um, I, I feel like I would have a hard time eating them like popcorn where I can see their eyes, but like in this kind of format, like I think I'm, I would be like pretty chill with it. Like I first, at first I thought when I heard grasshopper tostada, I thought it was like, maybe was it like pressed, like used as a, like, a, like the entire, because you look like it, when you look at, when you looked at it, it looked like a tostada with like a cup peppered with a couple of grasshoppers. Yeah. A, just thought it made of pressed grasshoppers. So I think I was thinking more. Well, I think maybe he like ground them and made like a grasshopper flower. Okay. 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 That's, that's, that's my, that was my was guess as to what happened. Okay. Cause even um, and I were kind of having the conversation of like, would you eat grasshopper? And I said, like, if it's like ground and made into a flower, like, yeah, I have, a, I have an easier time getting on board with that. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely would try it. I think uh, I might even order it as an if I if I went to a Mexican restaurant and there was like, you know, the the equivalent of do you want a bowl of edamame for the table, but it's grasshopper. Yeah, you would do. I that. could see me potentially doing it. Yeah, I have a hard time in restaurants like ordering something. I think. I like that I'm 50 50 on liking you know what I mean like I like yeah. a sure bet if I'm spending money on something if somebody is like here to try this I'm happy to try it like um uh, a couple a couple years many years now I went to Washington DC with um my parents but I met up with my friend Zach 
internet friend Zach at a Mexican place in DC and he got a grasshopper taco. And I did yeah. try a bite, but yeah. like I'm never ordering that, but I'm willing to try it. Yeah. And then I forgot this was also the, the that second dish, the sweet potato banana. That's where he was looking for plantains. Yeah, and he couldn't find plantains. He could not find him the plantains he was looking for. I uh, don't I don't think it um and, and like I I hate to be like I'm in his head, but like I don't I I read this dish and he don't think like out of their comments that they felt like that was a missing element. The only comment they really had was that the tostado was a little thick, and I'd have to agree just based on visuals. Yeah, and and the one of the judges had said regarding the empanada that like the 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 cheese foam and the, the it was a very soft empanada. The sweet potato was, and the cheese foam it was a little bit soft on soft. And and the one judge who had a Mexican restaurant, she's like, "That's not an empanada." It reminded me of Mexico. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, but it wasn't an empanada, but it, but it sounded like it was still. I like like. I think for, for most of Gabri's dishes, Tom was like, like, I don't know what those flavors are, but they're good, but I don't know what those flavors are. Yeah. I also, it sounds like he had a little bit of textural issues throughout his entire meal because yeah, he got the comment of soft on soft for the sweet potato empanada. And then he got them again for his dessert. Mm. Yeah. So I just like never really felt that. I mean, I knew what happened in the episode, but I never really felt at any point where I could actively believe that Gabri might be taking the crown here. There was for for me, and and maybe because I I didn't go into it knowing. What, what I will say, I I I was very pleasantly surprised. Gabri exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Um. I was, and and there were like. So I was very, very happy for him. Yeah. Um, I still hope that they do the, they they connect him with that uh, the French judge that said, uh, "Just bring him to my rest. I need him as a sous chef or, or whatever mm -hmm. the needs to be the working for me." Um, I'm hoping they made that connection. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was I was very uh, proud of Gabri and his and his performance. Yeah, he was. Oh, and what I okay, I remember what I was going to say before, and that's. Like when Padma was presenting the challenge to them or whatever, and she's like, "Remember, guys, this is a once in a lifetime experience, like cooking in the finale." And I was like, "Padma, girly girl, all these, all of them have cooked in a finale before. This is not a this is a twice in a lifetime experience for all of them." And then she even said later on, "Like this, none of this isn't the first time you, any of you have been in the finale." So it's like she did a one eighty on her. Yeah. Like, yeah. I la I laughed at it. Like there, there was a few comments this episode. Maybe it's just revisionist history on my part, but like it very much felt like Padma knew this was her last season. Oh. There was um, at the very end. Uh, I mean, I think it was either right after they finished. I think it was like right after they finished serving their final course, where you know Padma was saying like, "You guys have done a great job." You could see her getting all teary-eyed. Yeah, I was like, I started, this girl knew she was leaving. I started getting teary-eyed. <laughs> and and I was wondering, like, at that point, like, I was wondering the same thing. Like, at that point, did she know? At that point, like, because then they had the, like, after the after Buddha had been announced the winner, they had kind of like not quite a behind the scenes thing, but it mm -hmm. almost looked like it was where she was like thanking everybody, the crew and, and uh, the contestants. And I thought for a fraction of a second, I thought that there might yeah. be, but, but like, but, the but I knew she like, wasn't going to like take that moment away from Buddha, but it also yeah. felt like a very final moment. Yeah. It? And the, and the, and like the bottom third was the credits like we're running. Yeah already so i was like no she's not she's not gonna do it no. but it's like was there going to be some sort of after like in loving memory i know i was gonna say well it'll make her sound a little like like she died yeah. yeah um well no i hope i hope that the door is still open for her to be like a guest judge mm. well for yeah. her to host something to guest like to guest judge a quick fire or a elimination challenge that makes sense that that fortuitously aligns with whatever her next project is. 
Yeah. So. But yeah, Gabri's menu. I think it sounds good, but I. Yeah, I I'm like I'm happy Gabri was able to like do this. Yes. Uh, so let's get into Sarah's. Her first course was a seafood cuvillon with tomato water. I feel like this is our second use of tomato water this season. And a slightly, and a slightly spicy tomato water. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that dish. Um, the second course was veal liver, onions, and cookie butter with figs. Um, her third course was burgoo with roulade of rabbit loin, boudin blanc, and crepinette with cornbread madeleine. And she ended her meal with an English pea cake with pistachio butter, lemon curd, and buttermilk sorbet. I I really need to get over my aversion to citrusy desserts. You uh, have an aversion to citrusy desserts? But, but, but strangely not key lime pie. By the way, I had Bubbly's key lime seltzer the other day. Buble, sorry, yes. Yeah, is is Michael Buble on all the ads in the States too? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I, that was I, I almost it was just a Buble. Canadian thing. I almost called it Buble. Um <laughs> My my apartment complex in the lobby, like right next to the leasing office, they've got a fridge that during the day they stock it with like waters or you know uh, seltzers or, or whatever uh, non alcoholic stuff. And so every so often, I'm getting my mail like, oh, I'll go grab that. And um, part of my I was <laughs> it was it was the Thursday last week. I was on liquid diet uh, uh, for a medical procedure, and I was like, oh. I, that sounds actually kind of tasty. And I tried it, but I didn't realize the key lime bubbly or buble is really good. Like it's got this that creamy mm-hmm. part of a key lime pie. Mm-hmm. It's not just lime flavor. Um, but yeah, I like me a key lime pie. And but like lemon curd or like orange, uh, like lemons and oranges in desserts, like a meringue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could eat exclusively citrus desserts because like because the sourness really balances any like hardcore sweet because I find I don't yeah. I don't love when things are like like overly sweet I get a little bit of like I can feel it in like my brain it's not even a headache I can just like feel it in my brain but, like if anything is like too rich you know I just I, I, I like the sour I feel like there's always going to be a dessert that I will want more than a lemon dessert. I think that's fair. Um, but this, and so like, the, the reason I say that is I was looking at this, like the English pea cake with pistachio butter, like uh, it's, it's, it's intriguing. I would try this. And then suddenly like I just got the lemon curd and I was like, oh, but you know, I would but see. It's like, if I look at the cross, these three, these three desserts, the one I would probably want want the most is the chocolate tamale. Right. Um, uh, but the one I'd be most intrigued by is the English pea cake. Yeah. Um, her first dish was, uh, I believe the broth was like a cold, a cold broth as well. Yeah. This was truly so freaking stunning. And it, it was really funny to me that, um, the tomato water was almost colorless, but it had so much flavor in it. Uh, and I love that she was like, I am going to blow out the palates of all the French people. And then the French people were like, the spice. What is with the spice here? Kel spice. <laughs> Toy spicy. Um, this was so freaking stunning. I would die to try this. It looks really, really good. Um, I... I also would would try this. I, I, I was more interested in this probably than the grasshopper tostada, but mm-hmm. um, the veal liver and onions with cookie butter and figs. Uh, this is probably a dish I would not stray towards. Like if I had to pick a menu, like one menu, and I had to eat all of it, like this would probably make me not choose this menu. Yeah, the except the thing is like the cookie, but like. The, the liver with cookie butter and figs just intrigues me so much. And one of the judges, I, see, yeah, a little sweet. It ate a little sweet, but I'm like, no, yeah. let me like, it's oh, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm trying to remember. I uh, I'll talk about this. I'll talk. I'll save it for the when we talk about foods and stuff in the upcoming section. 
have a cookie butter story. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually tried cookie butter, but I get, I think it's one of those things that would be too sweet for me and I just wouldn't enjoy Uh, it. I, yeah, I don't have a ceiling on my sweetness. Uh, I'm like thinking about I have a t shirt that says that. Feel in my head. Do you wear it on off days with your bacon t shirt? I wear the same. I wear a layer. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, the burgoo I thought was also really gorgeous. I've never tried rabbit, so that also like, but I feel like it's done in a way that I could deal with it. I don't know. There was a nice bunny in my backyard. It's not pretty, and I don't know. If I can. <laughs> and Tom was raving about it. He was like, yeah. this is like the latest Boudon Blanc I've ever had. Um, it- Cornbread Madeline was go- I love. See, I thought Sarah did like a really beautiful job at like combining where she was and her journey in Top Chef with what she does in her heart. Yep. And Cornbread Madeline was like a really cool way to do that. Yep. Like, like the, and then this is why I kind of like the idea of talking about these as a story. Like Gabriel's is like, this is just, this is where I come from. And like, I, I can see the, the story there. And Sarah's, it was like, it was blending her journey in Europe with her like fusing it with their roots from home. Um, and we'll talk about Buddha when we get to it, but it's like this, I can, I, this just reads Sarah to me. Yeah. It's just like, you get it. Yeah. I just, I think Sarah has done such a beautiful job this season of just like being herself. And it's just like, there's been such an ease about her that like wasn't around in her original season. That's just been so like, lovely to watch um i will say english pea cake with pistachio butter lemon curd and butter mix over out of three i'm ordering that if i order cake and a plate with torn up chunks of cake is presented to me i'm losing my fucking mind that's not cake that's cool that's like torn up bread like what no give me a slice dude you want me to eat like three sponges of cake no i want a whole cake i want the whole cake i'll settle for a piece but i will not be settling for three torn up little bits of it i get it beautiful dish etc etc if i'm ordering cake i want it to be cake shaped you want to be cake? Oh, wait, okay. I'm going to interrogate that a little bit more. Let's, I, let's go for I'm it. cake shaped. You're a triangle. You are a triangle. Could be a, it could be like, what's it called? An isosceles where you have like two that are. That's two sides are the same length. Very if good. If you want me to feel bad about myself, it can be like a smaller isosceles. What about like, but I'm thinking like sheet cake square. Okay, I mm, you know what? I feel more comfortable with my cake in a triangle. Interesting. We may have to have like a postseason cake podcast. Because like if I'm getting a square cake, there's possibility that I won't get there's, the piping on the outside. And oftentimes that's my favorite part. I there's love uniformity like a, in a wedge. Exactly. I, I love balance, you know. I want a little bit of like everything that was supposed to be on the cake on the cake got it you know yep i understand yeah, the centerpiece of a cake is always so right. freaking boring i i <laughs> i because often that's where like the big ass like like frosting decorations are and such and i'm at a point in my life where that's just sometimes a bit much well yeah see and i don't want the corner piece where it's a ton of icing i want an edge where there is some icing brownies um you know what i prefer a centerpiece of a brownie because i crispy crispy mouth because i just like i like the soft brownie um ice cream cake from dairy queen i will take a corner of that because i love their like whipped cream icing so much uh but it's hard because then you on the corner you don't get as much as of the fudgy bit which i love the fudgy bit uh, I did just check, and I am a seven-hour and forty-five-minute drive from Sarah's Freight House Foods. So I could like, I could like leave in the morning and get there for dinner. Yeah, I think it's like an option. I bet Antonio would meet up with you too. Oh, probably. 
All right, let's get into Buddha's winning menu. He had Ali as his sous chef. Um, his first course was rainbow trout, potato, celery with caviar, clam velouté, butterfly oyster cracker. <laughs> I'm going to call you out, not because I don't adore you and because you put so much work in here, but because I don't often like read it before I'm reading it. And it says calm velouté and I almost wrote call. Like I was like, that can't be right. And I, I saw you like in the corner of my eye being like, it was like I saw you riding the unicycle perilously down the hill towards the pothole. I'm like, did I get in there and change it fast enough? I'm like, you know what? She should. She's a pro. She knows what it's supposed Clam to be. Clam velouté. Yeah. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was also a calm velouté as well. It seemed calm. I feel like all velutes are pretty calm. Yeah, this um, was pretty uh, chattery, right? Yes. So, so, uh, so Buddha's menu was kind of taking all of his different background elements. Um, So something American, something Hong Kong, something Malaysian, something Australian. Um, His second course was a red curry bisque with blue lobster, pickled squash salad, and ravioli dumpling. His main was lamb with eggplant, pickled onion, jus, and lo shui. And his dessert was lamington with raspberries, coconut, Bavois and raspberry jam. It was interesting he had lamb for two courses. Oh yeah, look at that. Lamb and lamington. Oh my <laughs> Honestly, like if I had to choose one of the three menus, this would be what I selected. And unsurprisingly, these dishes were truly stunning. Um yes. the first course was just gorgeous. Second course sounds delicious because like if there's lobster, I want it. Um, because lobsters on your approved list, right? In terms, the scallops, the scallops are not. Yes, and yeah. if I start becoming allergic to lobster, and like we'll just put, you, we'll trip, and put you down, I will continue to eat those items. Oh, that's probably a better option than. I mean, it might put me. It might put me down. Oh, but we're just. I mean, knock on wood, Lord, please. Like, hopefully, my good karma has amounted to me being able to eat shellfish for a while longer even lamb i'm not like the biggest lamb girly but like when they're giving you a piece like this big like i think i can deal with it and then we we see buddha's molds coming back for his dessert with the beautiful flower um it was just a gorgeous menu like it's just that's what we expect from it almost this is going to sound so so rude it almost felt a little boring because this is exactly what we'd expect from Buddha. <laughs> yeah, there Which was is unfair because he's so incredibly talented and never in five billion years would I be able to do any of that. Yeah, it's. And and once once. Sarah had her liver dish, I was like, it's like we said, like it was Buddha's to lose. Yeah, um, he had like one. Uh, like there was something that was kind of cut a little thick or something, but other than that, it was, um, it, yeah, he had like very few, you know, negative comments. Um, but it, but it is like if I was to get this menu compared to the other two, just to see it written down, I'd be like, first of all, I'd be like, what's a lamington? Um, uh, you know, but, I still don't really know. Uh, but I think I look across this, and like, unless he's telling me his his story uh i don't i would not pick up on this sure um lamington is an australian cake made from squares of butter cake or sponge cake coated in an outer layer of chocolate sauce and rolled in desiccated coconut dried coconut sounds better i'm I'm in i'm in on this see i'm not a huge a common variation is a layer of cream or strawberry jam between two lamington halves um, I'm not the only, the only, uh, and this had the, both the coconut and, and not a strawberry, but raspberry jam. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, see, this goes to the whole, f- I don't like citrus, but I do like fruit pies. Uh, see, you don't like, like citrus, chocolate. but you like when things like absolutely blow your palate with sweetness. Yes. Um, the the thing is like the coconut like i'm just not a big coconut fan especially like shredded the texture of a shredded coconut uh is something i'm not a fan of 
I think that's fair. But like the flavor of like a pina colada, I'm Mm. great with. We should like have a pina colada party. I'm down. Like a pina colada tasting flight. I had this. Actually, I'm going to send it to you. Um, Distract the audience while I send you this. Uh, I particularly like pina coladas blended with strawberry daiquiris, which I call the Carnival Cruise Line special. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was a Miami Vice or is that different? Uh, Miami Vice was a cop show from the 80s starring Don Johnson and Philip Michael Thomas. Yeah, okay, I know. Okay. No, it's pastel. Sorry. So, okay, I'm sending you this in our chat. So, this was the restaurant I went to in Vancouver called Published on Main. This is a cocktail menu. Now, I, I thought it said public domain. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting name for That's a- so funny. One thing I absolutely loved about this place's menu online, it shows you a picture of absolutely everything food, drinks, everything. Okay, so expand the pina colada. It is a clear pina colada. What? Yeah. I gotta go to the drinks menu. Sorry, I gotta. Okay, they have pictures of all the cocktails. Too. Yes, which is like great because then you're like, oh, like because sometimes you know what you're gonna like based on what it looks like. I mean, I guess that makes sense because a pineapple rum. Yeah, it was just a clear pina colada, and it tasted like pina colada. It was so crazy. Pineapple rum, diplomatico planus, which I don't know what that is. Coconut, I know what that is. Acid. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming the acid just means like a squeeze of lemon juice yeah. as opposed to like LSD. I would um, I would okay. love to be a pilot still. No, I'm just 33 like, Canadian dollars. Is it wait, where was this at? But oh this one was 18, but yeah, they do have cocktails for 33 Canadian dollars. The Lucy Ann, Michter's Rye, Lilith Blanc, uh published herbal liqueur number one, Pichon's abs absinthe. Spice That's a three ounce cocktail. So you're and where is this? Where is this located? In Vancouver. Okay, so these are Canadian dollars. Yeah. Um, dying one hundred and one Canadian dollars. For what? Dying light. Oh. <laughs> Grand Patron Burdos Tequila, local Douglas fir honey, Amer Quebec flower, smoldering Douglas fir. It looks like it. It looks like a mini glass of uh, prosecco. With a purple rose just thrown into the top of the glass, and the whole thing's nestled in a. Oh uh, boy, yeah. Check yeah, folks. Check out published on Main, not public domain. Published on Main dot com, and check out their cocktail menu and the photos. There's some interesting stuff going on here. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right. All right. Let's. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Buddha Buddha won. I think it was deserved. He did a great job. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, final thoughts on the season. Um, I really liked it. I think like the one thing that we've mentioned a few times that it'd be nice if they addressed it when we came back was especially given the whole, like last chance kitchen is, you know, the embodies the idea of like, you know, adjacent content. It's like, it'd be nice if there was for all of these chefs that we've never met before, let's get a little bit more context other than like the Canadian chefs yelling at everybody. I think that was like the only scene like Dale and Nicole like yell at fellow chefs in their original seasons was like the only out of context or the only like in context clips we saw of any of the contestants really. And I get um, it because those are the only ones in English, but like uh, hire, hire a translator. I, I'll read the subtitles so I can see a little clip of Sylvia being fantastic on her season. And, and if you're, and if you if your idea is to just like have people show that the people can get fiery in the kitchen, you don't need to understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You, you can tell other than like, you know, German, it sounds like they're shouting everything. Um, you can tell like when there's an argument going on and someone's getting heated in the kitchen. Um, so, but yeah, just, just like, give me, give me homework, make me, you know, give, give, give me some links where I can watch Celia's greatest moments or your Samuel from top chef France's greatest moments or top three, top three 
things that you'll need to know about these folks. Here's some clips. I don't know. That, that's one thing I'd love to see. Um, I, we've been talking about an international version of Top Chef for quite a while, but I think at least when I brought it up, I had thought of it more as like U.S. contestants in another country versus a truly international cast. I'm not upset. Uh, like I, I love the cast. Um, but maybe they're, and they kind of do it a little bit because like they're in London the entire time, except for a couple episodes in Paris. I, I would love kind of a European vacation style yeah. competition where you're going from country to country. Maybe have a couple, so it's not crazy. Maybe just have a couple episodes and then you move on. So you're only going to maybe like six or seven countries versus one every week. Um, I understand the logistics would be crazy. Uh, but other than that, I know I really enjoyed the competition. I'm sure the fact that I love London, there was no small part of it. But um, how about you? What were your thoughts? I really enjoyed the season. Um, I love the international aspect. I thought it was so wonderful. I mean, so many great people. I will say that it felt like once people were off my screen, I kind of forgot about them. Like, you know, in the back clips to like what happened on the season previously, previously, I was like, Oh, I forgot about that person. Like I haven't thought about them in weeks. Um, I have to agree with you that like, I, would have loved more context for people. I like that every episode this season was an extended episode. I thought that was great. Um, I thought some of the challenges were misses, but sometimes they are, and that's fine. Overall, I thought it was a pretty great season. The I, maybe because was this was very much uh, Top Chef World All Stars as hosted by the U.S. Yeah. Uh, it would have been kind of n neat, and we didn't really see this much. With I'm thinking about the this this most recent season of the challenge, where you had Argentina and U.S. and Australia and the U.K. and how at the very beginning you had each of the hosts of those respective seasons welcome everybody to the show, and it was only a couple points where T.J. Lavin couldn't. Uh, make it that they they had uh, a different host step in. It would have potentially been interesting to have all the either all the hosts there or a larger representation of hosts there. Or um, I'm thinking, uh, it, it, not, it wasn't Chef's Table. There was some comp cooking competition on on Netflix where there was there were two chefs from twelve different countries. And then each of those countries was also a featured week in the competition. Um, and you had judges from like when it was, when it was Mexico week um, turned out like the, the two chefs from Mexico didn't necessarily have the advantage, mm -hmm. but the entire judging panel were uh, you, the host was ever present, like the Padma of it all. But the judging panel each week was contingent on what country was being represented in the challenge that week. So something like that, where there's a little bit more agency from each of the participating countries yeah. could have could have been interesting. But I don't know necessarily what that would be. Like. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, they did what they had to do, et cetera. But I, I thought it was a great season overall. Yeah. Now, my next question for you. Yes. Let's assume we are going back to regular old Top Chef. OK. Where, where are they going? We ask this every. Uh, I know. And we, we, know. we usually mention it. I have, one in, I have one in my head, and I'm wondering if are we, you're aligned. Are we assuming it's someplace they've never gone? Or or yes. it's a twist on a place they've gone, like, no, they've gone Texas? No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying, like, Midwest. This is a new place they have not been. Have they been to Philly? I don't think so. That would be a good one, actually. I could see, but I could see them, well, no, because Pennsylvania isn't New England. Um... I okay. I don't. I don't think that's going to be it. Um, I will. I have an idea, but it's kind of a weird one. Um, so top three. I'll say top three. I'll say Philly. Mm -hmm. I will say. Um, 
Have they done Phoenix? They haven't done Phoenix. No, they did go to Tucson, cultural capital. Oh, yeah. Last yeah, that's right. Final episodes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, part, see, part of me wants them to do like Top Chef Backwoods, where it's like literally. <laughs> top, ba- or top Chef Appalachian. What, what, where it's like they go to like. It'd be a little bit like the idea we talked about for a, a European one where you bounce around from country to country. But here it's like Missoula, Montana, like 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 large cities in the middle of nowhere sort of thing. And I'm going to have all our Montana listeners come at me there. But I'm saying Missoula is a big city uh, by uh, uh, in, in, in perspective. Not the, cap- um, not the capital of, of Montana, though. No, the capital of Montana is Helena. It is. Good job. I almost said Butte. But. <laughs> um, my major suggestion is either Top Chef Atlanta or Top Chef Georgia as a whole. They haven't done Atlanta? They haven't done Atlanta. Okay. That should be it. Um I think I think Philly is a great call too. I think it should be between Philly and like I want to see a Top Chef Georgia where like I really enjoyed Top Chef Kentucky where we went to many different places throughout the state. I think Georgia has that ability to like give me a week in Savannah, give me a week in Atlanta, like cook for the baseball team, like let's go to the coast, like let's and I, let's get and wild. I see, and I see a lot of. Yeah, and I don't think it's just reality shows, but I see a lot of shows where, in like the closing credits, you get like the Georgia Film Commission being thanked. Like it's got great yeah, uh, filming uh, perks. Yeah, like I yeah. like. Am I making this up? I don't think they ever have. Uh, you know, you you know more than you know more than I do. Has Top Chef ever been in Atlanta? Google says no. Uh, no, no Top Chef camera has ever graced award-winning restaurant. Bacchanalia perused the aisles of your DeKalb Farmer's Market. Oh, you could bring in Paula Dean. No, we can't bring in Paula Dean, Kurt Clark. Sorry. Um, but like Kevin Gillespie, one of our favorite Top Chef contestants is like a goes, goes to bat for Georgia a lot. Richard Blaze is from there too. Like, Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't know. I think that'd be a good option. But that's my that's my um, that's um, magical elves. Call me if you want to talk about geography because you know I love that. I think Top Chef that. Buffalo. <laughs> no. Top Chef that. Great Lakes. <gasps> Top Chef Great Lakes. Yeah. Magical elves. Call me. I think like Top Chef Four Corners, and you can hit like New Mexico, Utah, mm-hmm. Arizona, and Colorado. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they've done Portland, they've done Seattle. Yeah, they've done like a lot of the major places now. Top Chef Juno. No. I would like to. I mean, I would like them to do a full season in Alaska. I think that'd be very cool. I just think it might be a little limited. I but feel what like- they can do. And how expensive it would be to like ship all the food they need up there. Feels like a very different show. Yeah. I feel, yeah, that maybe that's part of maybe one of the weeks of your back road top show. Yeah. Kurt, what did you eat this week? Oh boy. Well, not a lot last week. Um, or I guess this towards the latter, just leading into the weekend. Like I said, I was on a a liquid diet. I drank so much broth. Oh my gosh. Like I, I would like boil some broth on the stove. I throw in a little garlic salt, and then I like would go into my spice drawer that I never use anything from. And just threw some some things in there, and this is where the people are like, "That's not a liquid diet." I'm like, shut up! It's not. Oh, um, and so, um, <laughs> uh, coming out of my procedure, I don't really remember this, but my friend that was my ride said, "Yeah." They wheeled you out of the hospital in the wheelchair and you were already on your phone ordering Buffalo Wild Wings. If that's not the most curt thing I've ever heard, you're like coming out from anesthesia and you're like, 
<laughs> I'm already on Grubhub. Thanks, babe. It's like, like, it's like, they've got this new General So sauce that I just want to try. I don't remember ordering it, um, but I do remember eating, eating it. it. Okay, great. Yes. Um, and then Saturday, the, uh, uh, the Kentwood uh, Annual Food Truck Festival was in full effect in West Michigan. Um, probably about 20 to 30 food trucks um, ended up having this, excuse me, just kind of like this, uh, Korean stir fry style wrap. That was really good. I got one, I got, had one there that was steak. And then I had a soft pretzel with a raspberry honey mustard sauce. <clears throat> I had a couple beers and then I got a chicken wrap and a chicken quesadilla mm -hmm. thing to go to have for uh, dinner later that night. Because there were yeah. so many things I wanted to try, like pizzas, burgers, but <clears throat> yeah, so that was really good. And then, well, I also got online, I think this is, might've, might've been while I was very hungry um, during the uh, liquid diet but ordered some food for delivery for my birthday in the coming weeks from gold belly. So I've got this, uh, it's an Italian kind of sandwich from DC called the bomb. <laughs> so that is coming. I got my annual, uh, steak, mushroom, onion, and Gruyere pie, uh, coming. And I got four pints of ice cream. One of which is cookie butter. Oh, amazing. What are the it's other cool. kinds? Um, there was like a strawberry and, <coughs> Chocolate chip cookie ice cream. Oh, okay. An interesting blend. I think one that's just very heavy up on chocolate. And I think one that was um like a like a uh, uh, like a Thai coffee. Okay. Um yeah. But otherwise, um uh, yeah, made dinner uh for my dad today. It was a kind of a crispy uh chili ginger beef. Mm, um and I have some Korean barbecue marinating in the fridge that I'm going to make tomorrow. So my first attempt at making Korean barbecue at home. Um, other than that, uh, how about you? Um, it wasn't that crazy of a food week, but it was a pretty good food week. Um, I maybe I ate a lot more takeout than I thought. How embarrassing for me. Um, this week I was really craving mall Chinese food and there's something about mall Chinese food that just hits different so I get you then to pick it up like go to like do a detour to the mall and the town next to us and get the Chinese food from there and then come home fried, um, rice, fried rice or noodles in choice of two or three yeah entrees. and the noodles at the mall are always drier than if you go to a restaurant and I like them a little dry and you get two beets and I feel like a lot of times if you were Chinese food to get everything you want, it's like $60 for the two of you and you're eating it for like three days. And this way I just get exactly how much I want. I'd be like $12.99 for like my cute little meal and I have a great time eating it. It's a much more reasonable and measured experience. Yeah. And it's just I like, I, just, I get what I want and I'm happy about it. Um, okay, I, I did. Um, sorry. The. I was looking for to see if they had any like Mongolian grills mm -hmm. in the area, uh, Mongolian barbecue. Um, and I stumbled upon some supposedly local high rated Chinese buffets. And it hit me like I've not been to a Chinese buffet like at a sit down restaurant in forever. And I thought, how fun would it be to make my friend go there after I'm come while I'm coming out of my anesthesia? <laughs> I go just just take oh, I'm not gonna remember it, but just take me to the Chinese buffet. That's so funny. Oh I just I kind of wish I'd I'd had the uh the, the nerve to do that. But anyway, yeah. sorry, back back to you. I I had to <laughs> I'm thrilled that. for that interlude. Um Ethan was gone all Friday, so I got a my box from Pizza Hut for dinner. And I don't know if you guys have that, but you just be like Canadian deal right now. No, so I you think get, so. like, a, you get like the pan pizza with three toppings. I get pineapple, bacon, and oh. red onion. 
And then you get like an order of the boneless wings and for like 10 bucks. And it's really tasty. And the pizza I can usually like eat half for lunch the next day. What's your <laughs> boneless wing uh, sauce slash dipping sauce? Because those are two different. Honey. Okay. Honey barbecue is my sauce. Okay. And then I don't dip them. Okay. But I dip my pizza in the honey barbecue sauce at the bottom. Fair enough. Um, and then yesterday we had some really delicious buffalo fried chicken at a brewery called Counterpart in Niagara Falls. So if you find yourselves in Niagara Falls, that uh, they also have like the best chicken sandwich in the Niagara region, in my personal opinion. But yeah, did I did I make any food this week? <laughs> like, God, um, I made some stuffed shells and we had that tonight. It was good. We had a taco salad this week. That was really good. Nothing too crazy, honestly. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I, I need to eat better uh, this this yeah. week. So it's going to be it's going to be salads for lunch. They're going to go back to my intermittent fasting where I only eat between noon and eight. And um, but then, like on Thursday, I go to Vegas for like four. <laughs> so that's like going out the water for a while. Yeah, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty good in Vegas, where like I will like. Yeah. Walk a lot. I will actually go to the gym in Vegas. Um so uh but yeah, so I will be I won't except for like the one time where I'm gonna go to the Wicked Spoon Buffet in the Cosmopolitan because it's my favorite damn place. Uh everything else is gonna be less bingy and more yeah. like I'm gonna eat well. So yeah, I like tend to enjoy eating like in um like I like little bites of everything. I do try and have everything like very balanced. Um I just it just I feel better that way. I I hate not feeling good and I know that's like not a unique thing. Are you doing dinner or bre- lunch or breakfast at the Wicked Spoon? Um I tend to go well I keep, I keep meaning to go check them out because the last few times I've gone, they've only actually stayed open till three. And I, anyway, if that's the case, I usually end up going for like, like 11 or 1130. Um, and getting, so you still have like, there's still usually some, uh, <laughs> I was about to just describe brunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a combination between breakfast and lunch. It's like they've usually got some breakfast items still there, but then they got their lunch items there. Yeah. <laughs> I just described brunch. Um, really good, actually. And, but I can't. Does, does it say that they're open for dinner separately? You know what? They don't. It just says breakfast okay. and lunch, or Saturday okay. and Sunday it's brunch. Um, and then you can get bottomless beverages, which include mimosas, champagne, bloody marys, or Bud Light draft. I did that last, last summer, and I'm not happy to say that the the buddy I was hanging out with and I we did the bottomless mimosas, and it kind of turned into a little bit of a competition. Um, no, Kurt, we are we're over thirty. We should not be having mimosa competitions anymore. Yeah, well, we did, and it's not. <laughs> no, of uh, course not. Uh, but no, I need to, I need to check out because it's usually there's a line, but I uh, I think I got like. Because my like, I think I can bypass the line because I'm special. Um, but yeah, anyway, high recommend. I met almost any of the restaurants in Cosmopolitan, like Holstein's, is an amazing, like upscale uh, kind of burger bar. Um, they've got these bamboozled milkshakes that are like alcohol laden, and they've got like you know whole brownies wedged on the edge of the cup. Or uh, the, 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 really great burgers. Um, China Poblano, they've got a kind of both a Mexican and a Chinese kitchen in there. Um, not a lot of fusion items on the menu, but kind of just separate stuff that kind of works together. Um, anyway, yeah. So there's a ton of places in here. There are, there are, there's, and, and there's like, there's a whole new, well, it's right next to the Aria. And there was one of the guest judges from about halfway through the season. She, they, she has a restaurant. Um, was it soul chicken? It was it was a Korean chicken place. I'm trying to remember the name of her restaurant, but but the Aria, a new uh, kind of uh, food court, but it's upscale, so it's like a food hall or a food emporium. Uh, the, her restaurant opened up there, so I wanted to get over there to try some things as well. Um, 
Jose so, Andreas has a restaurant in the Cosmopolitan too. I think that's, I have reservations there for Saturday. Is that the tapas place? Uh, it's called A. Like E with an Oh, Oh, no, I, there's a different one called, uh, probably, I would, it's J-A-L-E-O. I'm guessing that's Alio. Um, and not Jolio. Um, oh, yeah, a, I see it. I see it, yeah. I think that and, and Jose Andres' place are like right next to each other. Um, but that's a, a tapas place that I said. I've oh, never yeah, this is, this is a Jose Andres place. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's makes sense. Um, I was going to do the tasting menu there, but uh, it, you, it's like a minimum of two people. Mm. So I may, I may still ask, like, hey. That feels rude to me. It does. And, and it says, and they expect the entire table to partake, which does kind of also make sense, I guess. But I yeah, like, for sure. It also makes me think I'm not going to be able to get away with just saying, oh, but can I just do it? You're the whole table. But can I, yeah, I was just saying, can I, can I pay for two and just eat a lot? Because those are small plates, right? <laughs> just, just double up everything. That's so funny. Oh, my God. That is, uh, that is something I would do. Well, <laughs> I'm like sad. Okay. I'm sad that you won't be able to like tell me about it on the podcast. But I know in my heart you're going to send me pictures of everything. So. Yeah. That I can I can sleep well at night. And if anybody else wants to see my dining adventures in Vegas, you can follow me on Instagram at Kurt Clark. That's C U R T C L A R K. And they can follow you on Untapped too, because I'm sure you'll have a couple of brewskis. I'm not. I'm. I. You're I'm, not filling out Untapped anymore. No, I never remember to. The only oh. times I remember to are when I'm with like friends that use it. Right, right. That makes sense. And then I'll get like a ping saying you were tagged and untapped like oh i oh, forgot to drink i forgot to like tag my last three drinks yeah um yeah well you can find me on instagram and twitter at eight strong underscore and you can check out what i'm reading on my bookstagram account at the strong library if you want to hear uh coverage about the vanderpump rules uh finale and three-part reunion well gosh darn it you're in luck that is in the bravo feed of the rob has a podcast we're happy whatever it's called what is, what is this again <laughs> what's it called oh my god uh no but what's the feed called oh my god Ruh, like wrap ups oh my god oh i need to go to bed i need to go to bed immediately the wrap i wasn't sure what you were asking but i couldn't i couldn't like you couldn't, rescue you, you can help one. me you, you um, like hit the bottle <laughs> Finally, we knew it would eventually. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, I'm kicking around some other podcasts. I think my episode of Hallmark's podcast is coming out soon, and The Bachelorette is coming back. But I am absolutely going to enjoy my two weeks of podcast vacation. I have been running on podcast empty for a while, but I'm having a great time. So I'm not complaining. I, well, I, I, I will say there's a couple. Um, if you want to, you can follow me on Twitch uh, oh, at nice. Kurt Clark. Um, I'm going to try doing some more screen, <laughs> screen, screaming, screaming, ah! Ah! just like streams of your screams. That's funny. Yeah. And then of uh, course, follow Latanya at LK Starks on Twitter and she will post all of her many, many projects there. Um, definitely. Right. And, yeah, so you could follow me on Goodreads. Uh, I don't know what my, Oh yeah, I'm on Goodreads too, but you might as well just fill my bookstagram account. Cause I just copy and paste the reviews from my bookstagram to Goodreads. The strong library. Yeah um kurt well it was a pleasure podcasting another season of top chef with you and latonya always, always i can't believe it's over like it felt like it in a, in an absolutely loving way it feels like it lasted a long time but also went by very quickly it did it did so yeah until next time pack your knives and go bye <laughs>